I'm Tom Hackett alongside Spencer the Gov. Warn, very happy birthday to our producer, Trevor Allen. Trevor, happy uh, happy birthday. Tommy, thank you. I appreciate yes. that. And happy belated to uh, Spencer, who turned uh, 63 last yes. Friday. I'm just about to take my pension, uh, but happy birthday, Trevor, for today, and thanks for joining us on your birthday. We missed you. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? It has yes. been, yes. I've, so, been, uh, I've been busy, and Tom tries to schedule the pod to tape when I'm not here. Yes. He does uh, it on purpose. On purpose, yes. Uh, now, we've got a big show for you guys, obviously, uh, coming off. Uh, a nil-nil draw uh, against FC Dallas, looking ahead to NYCFC this weekend. But more importantly, the Mike Petke news and the conversation that surrounds, we will dive into heavily. But first, let's get into our club update. Real Salt Lake Club update! Brought to you in full by Matt Cash. There you go, yeah, club update. Uh, good, great, grand, wonderful. Royals news, they're coming off a 2-1 loss to the North Carolina Courage. They're on a bye week uh, as they prepare for the Chicago Red Stars. They're not, not on a bye week. This, oh no, they do play this week. Sorry, I thought uh, they, I was reading the dates play, wrong. They play on Saturday. They play on Saturday. Just Thank before you, we all Chicago it. Red Stars is who they play. Now we look at the standings and uh, the Royals slipping down the NWSL ladder. They sit in seventh. The Chicago Red Stars, who they uh, who they play uh, this weekend, are sitting in third. So uh, they've got some work to do. Uh, it's a road game. It's away from home. So they uh, will travel to Chicago for that one. Now, uh, the Monarchs, quickly. Uh, thanks for that, Trev. They uh, Sounded good, actually. Huh? Sounded good. Yeah, not bad. Mid-sentence. Carry on. Uh, the Monarchs suffered their first loss in, like, how many games was that? I think was it was that? five or six games. Five or six those. games. 3-1. Yeah. Who was the red card to, Spenner? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway. They I suffered. need to look it up because I will be on the call Friday night. Is ESPN that right? ESPN Plus. Against uh, the Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Switchbacks FC. That's a Friday night game at uh, the Zebra. That'll be 7 o'clock kickoff. And Spencer the Govorn's on the call with Landon Southwick. My man, Landon Southwick. He's a good boy, his old Landon. Very nice. So, uh, anyway, the the Monarchs are uh, still a very good club. Uh, They're they're in ninth spot now in uh, the second tier and uh, look to be climbing... Uh, switchbacks in 16th. So hopefully they can get back onto the winning circle and uh, go about their business that way. Injury front. Let's think about some injuries here for a split second. Nader Monowoha reportedly back training with the boys. So that's good that uh, mm-hmm. uh, supposedly he's gotten his visa sorted uh, as he had to return to uh, England for a, a week or two. And uh, well, he's back. So that's the good news there. Um, who else is in? Tony Beltran's a few weeks away. I bumped into Sam Johnson. Uh, yeah, I bumped into him. In He's a lovely fella, isn't lovely he? Lovely fella. You know what's funny is I was walking to uh, the loo and uh, he was coming. <laughs> what? The loo. Yeah. He it's was, only me and you that know what that is, but carry on. Uh, the restroom. But he was coming out of uh, one of the booths, He, wa- he you know, the players watching. And everyone that walks past him, he kind of looks out the corner of his eye to see if they recognize him and look at him, I think. The first fellow, first fellow, the only fellow that was in front of me walked right by him and didn't say anything. All right, Sam, how you going? You know, giving him his love. And uh, we had a, a small conversation. I said, look, how's the quad? When do you think you'll be back? He said, uh, start training this week. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I don't think it'll be full training, but he'll be out on the pitch, um, knocking a few balls around and, and, and hopefully getting into a stride and, and putting some pressure onto that right quad, which is... Uh, 
where he injured himself uh, a few weeks ago now. So uh, that's the good news there. But he's still, I imagine, a couple of weeks out from uh, being in game fitness. And uh, we'll see what uh, Freddy Juarez does at the striking position. So uh, to the more important news, to the news that everybody really ca- only people really care about at the minute when it comes to mm-hmm. RSL. So they host NYCFC, blah, blah, blah. We'll get into that. In uh, in a little bit, but Mike Petke, mm-hmm. Spano. So, um, wh- where do we even start? So, what happened was after the League's Cup match on Wednesday last week against Tigres, he berated the officials, and in his post game press conference, he stated that he was trying to pull his players back from the officials, who clearly thought that there should have been more added time on. Uh, there was a cat on the field, if you remember correctly. Mm-hmm. There was four minutes of added time, and the referee blew it right at four minutes, despite the whole cat incident alone taking about a minute. So the players were overberating the officials. They weren't doing anything wrong. They were just asking the question, supposedly, as to why there were no more. There, there was no more than four minutes. Now it's worth noting that referees don't have to add minutes if they don't want to. They they they, they probably should. But they don't have to. It's a minimum of four minutes. Whatever happens in that four minutes happens. And if they want to blow it at four minutes, they can blow it at four minutes. He blew it at four minutes. RSL went happen. Mike Pecky went over there, started pulling the players back. Then he randomly received the red card. And then he started getting after, really getting after these officials, the three officials that were over there kind of bunkered down somewhere in the middle of the pitch. That all went down. He left the field. And I read on Twitter, Spenner, I'm sure you read the same thing. He somehow got his hands on a sign. With the word. With the word, the one word that's circulating Twitter that we will not share on this podcast. And he wrote on this sign. And did he wait for the officials to come back up the race after him? Yeah, I heard that, that it was in the tunnel uh, and then in the uh, the hallway as well. Uh, it was a couple of times. I heard, uh, and maybe this is incorrect, I heard that he went to his office and, and then came back out and did it again. So He lost uh, his plot. Yeah, he lost his mind. And, and let's put it into context here. When a coach has a go at the fourth uh, official that's on the sideline between the two coaches or has a go at the referee or the linesman, Depending on what's said, but I've got no problem with coaches jawing at, you know, refs, assistants, or anything like that. That's normal. That's part of sports. Um, there is a respect issue there as well, but in the heat of battle uh, and heat of sports, things happen like that. This, though, this was seeking him out after the game, after the final whistle, and... and it was an attack. It, yeah, I, I just... I don't know if it was playing off of the cameras. I don't know. I don't know, uh, but this isn't the first time that that Mike has has gone after people. I don't think he's he's gone that far or stepped over that line before. I don't know. I don't know the man either, so I don't want to say too much there. But for it to be caught, for it to be um, the referee's report uh, to be out, you know, uh, forced through by Major League Soccer and Don Garber, absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah, it's an incredibly sensitive and tough uh, subject to, to talk about, particularly when I'm not part of that community. Um, and I'm kind of waiting for a statement from from the uh, the gay community to to give me some direction as well of, of how I should feel. I, I'm always about, and I tweeted about it as soon as the the email came out about the sanctions against my Becky. 
absolutely the right thing to do. I think Major League Soccer and um, and uh, RSL uh, moved somewhat quickly on the manor. Um, but at the same time, was it lenient? I think it is. And when I when I look at certain things, and and I and I can only base off Major League Soccer, and I I do go to back to England, obviously, because I read the news all day in England with with regards to soccer. But Tim Howard um, was caught. Uh, I, I think it was with an SK SKC fan using a slur, um, a homosexual slur, and he was fined. I think. 20,000, 25,000, he was suspended for three games, same as Mike Pecky. And 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 I think credit to Tim Howard, uh, forgiveness is there. I think he's done everything, made all the right steps in the community uh, and a crown, uh, across Major League Soccer to not clear his name, but show that there is some redeemable qualities, um, that he's not that person, uh, and it just slips off the tongue way too easily. But then I look at what happens in England and a racial slur that was used um, uh, by uh, Fernando Forestieri, plays for Sheffield Wednesday. He got caught last preseason, so 2018, just been charged, banned for six games and fined £25,000. A little harsher, but it's a racial slur. Uh, I still think it's lenient. You've got Daniel Sturridge, who's now currently without a club at this moment in time after leaving Liverpool. Um, he's currently on a six-week suspension after breaching betting rules. Uh, he was fined £75,000 and, and banned for, for six weeks. Again, um, those are the rules. Uh, and betting, maybe not as as uh, forefront of, I guess, integrity, more, more to do with anything. But when it comes to racial slurs, when it comes to the homophobic slurs, I think easily that this... To, to really stamp it out, particularly with players and and um, coaching staff, um, it's got to be they've got to be seen as the forefront. They're in a highly predominant uh, place, uh, put in a, put on a pedestal, so to speak, as well with regards to what they do in charge or playing for multi million dollar franchises. And I think there should be um, much stiffer uh, penalties. Um, but at the same time, I look on the human side now, and I know I'm ranting and going on a lot here, uh, Tom and Trev. But on the human side, there's there's obviously a disconnect there. I don't think Mike Pecky's a bad person. I think he's used in a horrendous and egregious word, um, and I am not going to make excuses. I'm not going to defend him. But I hope Mike Pecky, the man with this anger, these anger management um, courses and, and counselling he's going to go to, I hope it helps Mike Pecky, the man, rather than Mike Pecky, the coach. So, uh, yeah, so Mike Pecky was fined $25,000. I know Spen alluded to it during that little rant of his. He, he got fined twenty five k, suspended for three matches, and will have to attend anger management classes. Uh, that is his punishment. I guess uh, part of the punishment as well, and this was a club-sanctioned uh, punishment. Mm-hmm. RSL are not allowing him uh, inside the doors of of the RSL facility out there mm-hmm. in Herriman. He's not allowed to go to training or practice. He's not allowed to do anything RSL related. In fact, here at KSL, we uh, we do put together the coaches show where every Tuesday, Wednesday night, I believe he comes in and, mm-hmm. and, and does uh, a little video and, and podcast piece with Brian Dunseth. He will not be doing any of that. So anything RSL related, he is not allowed to, uh, not allowed to, to do and, uh, and he won't be paid for it either. So he'll yeah. have uh, two weeks of, of unpaid leave. 
I, I mean, that may be the maximum that that can happen for for Mike, and and I don't want to rag on the guy the the const for for the entire podcast. But a three game suspension and twenty five grand um, uh, fine, we're going out without pay for two weeks. It doesn't seem a lot, does it? It for, to me, it seems incredibly lenient. And and the and I said this, and and I, I tweeted this out. It's a month after Pride Month. You one of your you've been a very vocal about soccer for all. You're wearing a T-shirt on the sideline a couple of games ago, soccer for all. And you have a player in your squad whose brother is um, gay, uh, which is awesome. And Corey Baird is able to talk about that in a, in a comfortable and safe environment and educate the entire fan base, not just Real Salt Lake, but Major League Soccer as well. And I think it's just been fantastic what the club has done to celebrate uh, Pride Month throughout the month of June. And then the man that leads it all. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm still, you know, I'm still speechless. I, I, had a, I had a rough night's sleep, you know, overthinking about it. You know, the, the, not only is he is he harmed the relationship for the club and put the club in the bad light, but he's he's hurt you know, our brothers and sisters that are of that sexual orientation, which is absolutely fine. They shouldn't be vilified for it, and they shouldn't have the club that they support and the man that leads that club being the man that, to, to make them feel different. Where I have a hard time uh, understanding the whole thing is, is, is Mike Pedke is a guy that's been now in this business for a long time, whether he played or coached. He's been doing it for longer than a decade uh he he and i know he understands that his actions represent himself they represent his family they represent the club they re- represent you know where he's the the town he's from out there in new jersey i mean he represents a large portion of people it's like it's like uh, from a smaller perspective right i work at ksl owned by the church i am not a member of the church in my spare time i enjoy things that church goers around here don't do my uh, i swear when i'm around my mates but i don't do it when i'm at work and i don't tweet explicit you know it's it's just simple common sense as a player when i was a part of the utah football team I would not swear on social media because I had an understanding that there were children out there that once upon a time looked up to me. Very few of them, mind you, but there was one or two of them out there, apparently. That's only because you're 5'5". Five, five. And I on. didn't want, you know, and I didn't want them to be like, Mum, what's this mean? And then the mum has to go and explain, well, we should, probably shouldn't be following Tom Hackett because that's <laughs> not appropriate. And it's just like, how does he not understand that everything he does, one, he has a microphone attached to him as well. Mm-hmm. He has a microphone attached to him. And cameras follow him. He's the face of the organization, or at least he's one of the faces of Real Salt Lake, and he represents this community, his family, and all of the other people I mentioned earlier. He has to, he has to be able to grasp that concept. It, and it doesn't matter what time of the day is. It could be 3 o'clock in the morning. Everything he does outside of the house is it's going to be scrutinized. People are going to be watching. That's Mike Petke at Walmart or wherever the hell he may be. Like, how does he not understand? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Either he doesn't care, 
which is a real problem, or he's just not smart enough, which I have a hard time understanding because he's, he's been around this business now for a while. He's, he's had some pretty big jobs. He was the gaffer at, at the Red Bulls back when the Red Bulls were very, very good. He's, he's played a good brand of, of soccer here at RSL. I mean, these, this, this team has looked really, really good over the, over the course of his tenure at times, and, and so he knows what he's doing. For the most part, I think he knows what he's doing, but this has been an area for him that he's seriously struggled in. And you know what's fascinating? is It seems like the fan base right now, after this incident, starting to turn. Mm-hmm. It seems like, anyway, from an outsider looking in, when you go through social media and you read some of the posts from just your everyday RSL fan that live somewhere in the great state of Utah, they're starting to question. They're starting to question whether or not he's the man for the job, quite frankly, and whether or not he should be around still. Here's another fascinating conversation to have. And maybe it's a good thing that, that Matty Gash, who normally joins us, who works for the club, isn't here. Mark Briggs. Uh-huh. So let, let's talk about this for a split second. Mark Briggs was once the co- coach for the Real Monarchs. Mm-hmm. Now, he was forced, supposedly, to resign after allegations that he was cheating on his wife with a, a fellow imp- employee at RSL. This turns out that none of it was true. Turns out that nothing happened, they were false accusations, and he should never have lost his job in the first place. But you know what he did? And he still is without a job, from all reports. Mike Petke is using homophobic slurs in public, on record, and yet he gets, essentially, a slap on the wrist. To me, the front office at Real Salt Lake is having a hard time. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. That, that makes complete and utter no sense. I think what they've done, Tom, is with them acting immediately, um, and they did, you know, as soon as Major League Soccer came with, with their findings and whatnot, the club acted quickly. What it has done is bought them two weeks. Bought them two weeks to know what they, they should be doing. And um, and maybe the, the knee-jerk reaction is see you out the door get him gone get him away from our franchise the face of our club um because two weeks of anger management um even though it's a start of the process for him um that's nowhere near long enough i mean he's got he's got years maybe you know i don't know um it may of, take him his whole life maybe absolutely um and and that's okay if he needs to do that and and take care of himself and his family he's got a family and, and young boys to, to look after I'm all for it. I want him uh, to be in the best place possible. Because at the end of the day, um, I think he's done an okay job at Real Salt Lake as a coach. I don't think he's, you know, pulled up trees. But at a desperate time in 2017 when you fire your coach uh, a couple of weeks into the season, um, he steps in up from the Monarchs. And I think he steadied the ship um, with regards to to how he um, wanted to run the club and what was expected of players. This, this is completely different. This is thrown everything off and it makes you question what he's been doing since 17 uh, and how he's acted since 17 i don't know if this is a one-off situation if it is it doesn't change the fact what was said was what was said is undefensible uh, undefensible um so but what it has done though uh, tom is allowed the club two weeks not to let it settle i don't mean it like that but just to think through the process what what are the next steps what legally can the club do 
um, um, what can they do to support Mike Pecky and his family? Uh, what can they do to reach out, particularly Mike Pecky at this moment in time, reach out to the community as well and make amends and start that whole process of making amends if they actually want him to make amends as well? Well, yeah, we'll continue this conversation. Um, we'll talk about New York City Football Club coming into town and a few other things right after this short break. Trumpet in there as well. Yeah, is that new, Trev? It's halfway through the uh, the intro. No, it's just it's just the same bed. I just have it start at different points. Right. See, that's why we paying See, the big bucks around here. Spenno gets it. Stop, Spenno. I was doing my trumpet impression. Yeah, that, that was, was your a trumpet. Buttocks. No, no, no fair enough. Light a match. <laughs> and open a window. Uh, it's a good thing we can have a laugh around here, despite the conversation that's taking place. We were we were talking about Mike Petke and kind of everything that's going on. Um, in his circle, as of late, uh, decisions that were made on his behalf that I'm sure he's regretting afterwards. I guess something else worth talking about, and I spoke about it during the break to you, but and I keep going back to Briggsy because it doesn't make any sense to me, but Briggsy was pushed out for accusations, and it's worth noting that Mike Petke's in trouble not for accusations. He, he has been essentially charged with using homophobic slurs and, and language. and There are no accusations anymore. The MLS did their investigation. It took them a couple of days, and they came to the conclusion that uh, he was in the wrong uh, and for using homophobic slurs to the referee, berating them um, in a manner that is not acceptable. Um, and so it just blows my mind that maybe you're right, Spino, saying that you know this two-week period now gives the front office a decision to kind of go through it step by step, really analyze it and uh, and, and come to a decision as to whether or not they let, they let him back. And and maybe that's why the club has imposed their own sanction of you're not allowed in the doors of this of this club or facility anymore. You, you are not allowed to do anything related to your, uh, your, your once line of work and thank you but uh, no thank you we are going to move on and uh, we wish you nothing but success in whatever venture mm-hmm. you take on in the future so may- maybe that's a reason behind not letting him anywhere near the club I don't know none of us do we're, we're, we're just speculating but what we do know is Mike Pecky's in the wrong the fans have um, sl- started to turn against him and uh, another interesting topic surrounding this whole thing is players. Like, as a player, how on earth... Corey Bad, for example. Like, Corey Bad, he's, he's got a gay brother. He supports his gay brother. He, he, he loves his gay brother. He, Corey Bad is, is, is at the forefront when it comes to Pride Month, which left us about a month ago now. You know, he's supportive, he's encouraging, he wants people to be able to come out, speak about it openly, not have any fears about coming out like there once was however many years ago. Corey Baird now is faced with playing for a coach, if he does return, that... I, I, don't, I don't know. He, he, he's used homophobic slurs in, in the wrong way in the past. 
suggesting I don't, maybe he has something against them. I'm not. I don't know. I I don't know if that's the case. But he used the language regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, for Corey Baird now, this is a very very difficult situation to be in. In what was already a very difficult year for Corey Baird, mind you, not making the Gold Cup roster, not being in the best of form for MLS, not getting the same minutes he got last year mm-hmm. in his MLS Rookie of the Year uh, duties, and and so I just. I uh, I do feel for for the likes of Corey Bear, but for the entire playing group, for that matter, Spen. I mean, how mm-hmm. do, how do you, how do you respond to something like this, where clearly you don't feel the same way? I would imagine as a player, yet you're you're being told that when the gaffer comes back, we have to pretend like it never happened. I imagine and, and move forward. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah, I mean, a ton of it is to do with with your relationship with the coach, right? I mean, you, you build up a a pattern of trust. Um, where you would almost run through walls for for your coach, and and I'll use you as an example. I mean, I'm a BYU fan. You're always going to be a you. You love Kyle Whittingham. Whenever I see you, at some point, Kyle Whittingham will come up. He's your man. You trust him. A ton of the players trust him. It doesn't mean that the relationship is perfect by any means, of, you know, any stretch of the imagination. But then you look at the BYU football players and how much they love Kalani Sataki. They'd run through walls from. They trust those men. Same with Quinn Schneider at the Jazz, right? They the trust, trust, trust them. Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, uh, Pochettino at Spurs. Um, you know, you, Pep Guardiola at Man City. I mean, you look at these coaches and, and these the respect and the love that they would do absolutely anything for their coach fight every you know tooth and nail to 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 bleed every last bit of energy out for this man not just for the school not just for the team but because they they trust this man um it, it's it's huge and, and he's let down the players and he's alienated um the majority of our fan base people that that have um family members that are gay the gay uh, supporters of this club, you know, lifeblood of the club, alienated those people. And, and I don't know, I don't... This is where the forgiveness part comes, right? Um, how can people forgive? Uh, I'm all for second chances. I really am. I mean, I've been blessed and I've been made horrendous mistakes in my life and I've been forgiven time and time again by people I love. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I learn from those things. But... At the same time, it was it's such a a personal um, attack and, and and a personal decision to to forgive uh, Mike Pecky. I'm just again, uh, and I said it earlier, I'm waiting to to hear from the community to to see how, you know where I should direct my feelings, how I should be supporting them, how I should be thinking a little bit more, because it didn't happen to me. Even though it's disgusting, the word that was used and and unnecessary. Um, it wasn't directed at me, and it wasn't directed um, at, at the at, at what I represent, uh, really. Um, so I need to I need to to hear from from others um, to to see how they feel. Um, but at the same time, I, I feel sorry for for Mike. I'm sure he feels absolutely horrendous at this moment in time because of what he's done, um, and and the effect that it has on his family right now as well. Yeah. So. Um we, we we do wish Mike nothing but the best. In all seriousness, this uh, we don't want this to be an a, an attack on Mike. He's uh, probably at one of his lowest points in his life right this very second, reminiscing on kind of every step he took throughout that two three minute tirade that he went on. And so, 
Uh, we hope he gets better. We hope he learns from it. Like Spenno said, uh, in this great life that we're fortunate to live, often you don't move forward without learning from mistakes. Mistakes are kind of what what guide you to the promised land and, and make you stronger, whatever it is. I'm sure he's learning from it right now and hopefully he can get better. But again, look, you don't get better when it comes to a subject like this overnight Mm-mm. because the trust that you once had with the community is not there anymore and that trust is going to take a long, long time to rebuild. And I, I just don't see the front office of Real Salt Lake and the management that's in charge of these decisions allowing him to to have that time. And, and, I, and I, I say that partly because of the level of success or lack thereof he's had at Real Salt Lake. He's been good, but he hasn't been great. But he hasn't been bad either. He's just been good. You know, they made the playoffs last year. They made it to the second round after somehow beating LAFC away from home in the first elimination stage. But, but yeah, by no means has he been great. So, um it'll be fascinating. The next couple of weeks are going to be intriguing, and I'm intrigued to kind of see how... um how the fans respond, you know. I'm sure the players will have his back or at least come across as if they have his back. But fans are a different breed, you know. They're not around him every day. They don't know him all that well. So that's going to be something uh, worth keeping an eye on, I think. Um, moving on, New York City Football Club, Spenno. Yes. Coming to town this Saturday evening. It's an earlier game than uh, what we're used to around these no, it's not. It's an 8 o'clock game. For some reason, I thought it was 6. <laughs> I think it was an early I'm game. I'm pretty sure you were looking Royals. at the Dallas kickoff time. Maybe that's what it was. I Last like week. that, by the way. 6 o'clock in Dallas on my couch. A couple of Dr. Peppers in hand down yes. the gullet. They Mixed f- with? Uh, just straight Dr. Pepper. Straight Dr. Pepper. Is there something wrong with straight Dr. Pepper? Hey, um, well, it's just Tom Hackett. You know, I'm very surprised. Well, I say Dr. Pepper seems to be the, uh, the word used for uh, uh, adults beverages around here i've used dr pepper when i well i don't want to say like you know at, at home on the couch just whacking beers left right and center while working because <laughs> yeah, i'm not tom, tom is working and he he provides live video working pre half and post <laughs> from my that's couch. true that's true i do you do see your wonderful fizzog uh on uh, on twitter yeah so, so someone was dogging on your lid ah my helmet's always getting uh because of the lack of hair, and see, I I can talk because I have a horrible hairline. The lack of hair on my helmet is. Uh, so <laughs> 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 I was really trying to hold it together. No, my <laughs> my lid keep, is shook. <laughs> I'm constantly cop. Yeah, Isaac Asiata was who you were talking about. Big five four who just recently retired from the Buffalo Bills. We and he is a guy you don't want to mess with. Hey, uh, we, uh, I do love and love and appreciate Big Isaac, but when he's having a go at the old helmet of mine, then uh, I'm not all about... Call me 45, I think. He says, since when did you turn 45, Tom? I'm like, oh, God, bite your lip. Have another Dr. Pepper, everything will be okay. No, I have to be, I have to be careful. I do, I have to be careful because I do those videos. So, you know, the sugar rush with, with two, three, four, five Dr. Peppers is... A real thing, and uh, you're always giving me a hard time for how much Dr. Pepper I drink during the day because we have that found dispenser in the break room. Yes, I I do do that. Anyway, uh, I digress. Do do. Uh, hey, it, some some fun news. Uh, I'm I'm doing radio on uh, Saturday. For what? Tell me what. Uh, Glenn Cook and the New York City FC broadcast. 
Excellent. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. I got the nod earlier this week and uh, put the headset back on and away we go. Don't know where you'll find it. Don't know if you'll be able to find it around here in Utah. It the, might just uh, New be New York City FC Radio Network. Yeah, but that might just be over on uh, the East Coast. I'm not sure. So uh, for any Manhattan listeners out there, which I know we don't have, uh, because we've only got a handful of the guys in the Valley, but if uh, <laughs> if you know someone, in, thank you. <laughs> if you know someone in New York, let them know uh, to tune I'm, in. I'm wondering if uh, our good man Ian Joy, former RSL left back, will be in town. He does the uh, TV broadcast for for New York. We get to see the the American Scotsman. It's the funniest accent in the world. To America, yeah, he was a trainee at Manchester United, by the way. Is that right? Yeah, he's a good. He's a good boy. He's old. Uh, in uh, Ian Joy used to do the broadcasts for Bundesliga on uh, Fox. Right, so he's been doing well. it for a while. Oh yeah, he's 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 a he's a very good boy. Very good. So uh, why are you calling everybody boy instead of a man or a he's person? younger? I'm 42 now. I can call everybody boy. Not everybody. Yeah, well, apart from Nate Daddle. Yes, that's true. Grandpa Nate. Oh, let's hope this is the <laughs> episode he doesn't part. listen to. Uh, Nate claims to listen. I don't think he does. So I think we're good. Uh, you much heard like, it here first. Much like most people that claim to listen, doubt it. But uh, <laughs> we appreciate you telling us you do. Um, so New York City FC, Spenno. They're, they're sitting in a good position right now. They're fourth in the uh, Eastern Conference, but they've only played 20 games so far. Sitting on 35 points, they are, they've played four games less than everybody apart, above them, apart from uh, Atlanta United. Win those four in hand, and my word, we have a new leader at the top of the Eastern Conference. So I'd be surprised. Um, they've got some really, really good players that they brought in. Been a little inconsistent, but uh, I'm playing on that stupid field in Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium, beautiful, by the way, right? It's beautiful, but it's not a soccer stadium. Just give them some land to build a bloody stadium already. Hey, Manhattan is a hard place to find land for a soccer pitch. Yeah, you're not going to find a lot of land Hence to why, be able to build a brand new stadium. Hence why uh, Red Bulls are in New Jersey. Yeah. What about the old United Stadium over at uh, RFK? Is that available? Don't know what you're talking of, Trev. Where DC United used to play? Oh, maybe. That was a dump, though, I heard. So that thing's probably Well, yeah, it's a dump, down. but you fix it up. It's kind of like a uh, you know a rundown house. Fix so we so we just moved two teams to DC. Is that yeah, what you're I mean okay. you, you, right, don't, sure. you don't see that very often. I don't think Man City there, would appreciate there's, that. There's two in New York. Anyway, oh. yeah. So uh, fortunately, we're playing at Rio Tinto Stadium. So, yes. Um, and like you said, very talented roster. Um, Their away record though is something to to behold. What is it? Um, so it's uh, four wins, four ties, and two losses. Wow. That's that is impressive. Away from your home, um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're we're in for a tough one uh, on, on Saturday for sure. Alexander Ring is uh, maybe a name you guys uh, have heard of before. The uh, the midfielder, the American midfielder, is well, he's a lot to handle. He's uh, good friends with uh, Justin Glad, is old Ring. So uh, those two will be facing off against one another for uh, a number of times and. Uh, when you guys laugh, I can't speak. I just said, these guys will be facing off for a number of times. That makes no sense whatsoever. But uh, my point is, uh, Mr. Ring has got four <laughs> assists on the season. So uh, just shy of Maximiliano Morales, who He's a beautiful player. leads them with 13 assists. Now, there's uh, your uh, American accent right there, Tom. Well done. 
Maximiliano. No, not that one. When, All right. When you were saying 13 assists. All right, yeah, 13 assists. Um, and then I, I have no idea how to pronounce their lead uh, goal scorer's name, Speno, uh, Heber Arujo Dos. Sounds great. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> you guys who are actually supposed to be doing radio for this broadcast can't pronounce a, dude, a guy's name. It's fine because they just call him Heber, right? So it's fine, but I'm still going on from your hairy helmet. And and Mr. Ring. Ring-a-ding-ding. Carry on. <laughs> this done. is moving swiftly on. This is a bloody good team, though. Let's put it that way, okay? So this is... Um, RSL's done really well um, at Rio Tinto Stadium this this, uh, this season. Obviously, we had a couple of losses against conference uh, rivals in Portland and, and FC Dallas. Um, they smashed the top team in the East uh, in Philadelphia Union, which I think... Good team, really good team. It, it, Jim Curtin has put together. I don't think they are the number one team um, in in uh, the Eastern Conference. I think this New York team, and you look at Atlanta United. Um, w- if they get things right under Frank De Boer, uh, if he decides to play Pity Martinez, but DC United, uh, New York Red Bulls, all been a little bit um, quite open uh, in the Eastern Conference. But that that. Um, that performance against at home against Minnesota United was disappointing after that 4-0 victory against the Philadelphia Union. The Tigres game was, was an eye-opener of how wonderful Tigres are, and, and um, we had a couple of chances there. Um, um, but really, they were worthy winners, in my opinion. And then we had a cracking performance on the road against FC Dallas. We haven't even talked about that. We probably don't have much time left. but We don't. It was a fantastic performance. I agree. Uh, it was probably, I think it was probably my favourite performance on the road. And that didn't involve three points. Obviously, you know, it's important. But the way that RSL played, they controlled large uh, portions of that game. And, and all fair dues to uh, to Freddie Juarez. You, you feel a little bit insecure with what, what's going on with Mike right now being away from the club. But with Freddie Juarez, um, you know, hopefully this is something an opportunity for, for him to showcase his leadership skills. Uh, I don't think he, he really did that down with the Monarchs. I wasn't impressed with, with what the Monarchs did. It wasn't until Mike Pecky and then obviously Mark Briggs taking it to an absolutely incredible level down in the USL. Uh, but this is, I think this is, uh, he's grown uh, as a coach and, and uh, we, we, we played um, really well uh, under his stewardship. I uh, And I, I will give a hat tip to uh, Mr. Freddy Juarez uh, on his substitution pattern against Dallas. I, I did approve. Um, not that that means anything, but I thought I thought he, he, he operated the game and controlled the game with his substitutions uh, very, very well, bringing on uh, Nick Beasler towards the end of the 90th and then, you know, a tactical substitution with Tate Schmidt in the 90th minute to drag a minute off the clock, secure a point on the road, even though RSL looked the better team and had the better chances. They out- outshot FC Dallas 17-10. Uh, to 10. Corey Baird with the best chance of the game, uh, putting the ball right down Jesse Gonzalez's throat from the penalty box when he should have just tucked it away into the bottom or top left-hand corner. So, uh, hey, quickly, uh, RSL and NYCFC going back to the upcoming game here at Rio Tinto Stadium this Saturday. They've only played each other four times. The good news for RSL fans is RSL have won three of the four encounters going back to 2015. It started off with a 2-0 home win. Then they won 3-2 on the road in 2016. Uh, remember, these two are these two are Western Eastern Conference teams. They only play each other once a year. In 2017, RSL won at home 2-1. And then, of course, the only loss 
coming last year when Spenno, yourself and I did the broadcast uh, together on a uh, rival station that shall not be named, and they lost 4-0. I will never forget that loss because, uh, well, we had some uh, funny commentary throughout the course of the game watching that. That was horrific. Do you remember it? Oh, my word. I think I've... Well, yeah, I can't remember. We might might have fallen asleep midway through the uh, second half. It was that deplorable. So, uh, without further ado, Trev, let's uh, hit the predictions music, shall we? Voila, and just like that, it appears. Trevor, you haven't been around for a while, so uh, be our guest. What's your predictions for NYCFC this week? I'm going to go with a... Time out. I need a yellow card prediction as well, just so you know. Oh, you need a yellow card? Yeah, yellow card and score, please. Uh, Justin Glad gets a yellow card. He's kind of my go-to guy. Okay, yeah, carry on. And prediction 3-1 Real Salt Lake. Very nice. Spenno? Yeah, I'm going to go with a uh, Aaron Herrera yellow card. 2-1 2-1 victory for RSL. It's two weeks in a row, I think you've said, beat Herrera. You like his uh, I do. tenacity, I like, don't you? He does like to leave a mark. Uh, 2-1 RSL. 2-1 RSL. Very nice. Uh, I'm going to go... I was going to make a very inappropriate <laughs> joke just then and refrained. Um, well done, Tom. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go it's with uh, Big Four Ned. Eyes. Big Ned. Oh, he's back. Yeah, 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 he's back. I reckon he'll get the nod to start. And... Uh, Get slapped with a yellow, um, and I'm going to go with a uh, boy two nil, two nil RSL win. Uh, and Nick Romano will keep a clean sheet for what will be the 151st time. Oh, I should have mentioned in the club update. Uh, congratulations to Nick Romano who uh, who did it did have his 150th career shutout against FC Dallas, and congratulations to Justin Glad who was the fastest homegrown player in club history to reach the 100-game mark for uh, RSL. Uh, Nick Romano, by the way, is down currently in Orlando. Uh, wait, is that game tonight? It does. It kicks at 6 p.m. Mountain, so if the pod, if, if Trevor gets a move on... You know, he probably won't. Out, yeah, well, I enough. need you guys to wrap up in order for me to get the pod up. Right, okay. Let's carry on. <laughs> uh, for we'll our third segment. <laughs> So that game goes on tonight. Uh, Nick, I'm sure, will be back tomorrow. And uh, that's a, that's one of the reasons Matty Gash is not around today as he's down there in mm-hmm. Orlando enjoying the great sun, the alligators, and the uh, the drop holes that uh, Florida has along with it. Uh, don't go to a Walmart down in Florida, by the way. Just, I've heard it on the grapevine. You'll see a lot of people in pajamas. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Pajamas in public? What's wrong with that, Trevor? I mean, I don't, I don't personally do that. But is that the worst thing to see? It's up there. If my Damn, mother saw that, bit my hand off. <laughs> but still, people wearing pajamas at Walmart is worse. Yeah, well, it's it's a very big no go in the Hackett household. All right, that's all uh, she wrote for today. Up the lads, there you go. I said it. We'll be back next week. Oh, no, say hello to your mum for us. Don't do that. Up the lads. Mm-hmm.